0: Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today at the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. I am so grateful for this incredible community, and I appreciate you spending this part of your day with me. I'm really excited to share that I was recently featured on the Being Unapologetically Authentic podcast with Jean Tien. For those of you who have been tuning in for a while, you may remember Jean as our guest on episode 113 of the podcast, where we talked about overcoming imposter syndrome and redefining what success means to us. I loved being on the other side of the interview this time on Jean's show, and I hope you'll check out our conversation together. I have linked the episode in the show notes. This week, we're exploring the intersection of environmental conservation and mindfulness and how protecting our planet relates to our overall wellness. Our guest is Joshua Sam Miller, founder of Embodied Sounds who has performed all over the world, including Burning Man. With a background in sound healing, Joshua recently joined the International Film Festival circuit with his Sounds of the Ocean immersive experience. In our conversation, we discuss the power of sound healing, how environmental activism and wellness go hand in hand, ways to incorporate mindfulness into our daily lives through sound, and much more. I'd like to thank Laird Superfood for sponsoring this episode. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I'm always on the go and looking for quick lifestyle shifts that can make a major impact on my health. That is why I love Laird Superfood products. I'm a big fan of their functional mushroom coffee with chaga and lion's mane. It's a great way to boost my energy for the day while getting a lot more out of my cup. All Laird products are sustainably sourced and thoroughly tested to ensure that you are incorporating the cleanest, finest fuel into your routine. They offer a variety of snacks and supplements full of wholesome plant-based ingredients to keep you charged for wherever life takes you. Are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to LairdSuperfood.com Wanderlust and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code Wanderlust at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today. All right, my friends. Now let's dive into this week's conversation. Joshua, thank you so much for joining us at Wellness and Wanderlust.
1: Thank you for having me, Valerie.
0: Well, I'm so excited to get to chat with you. You have such a unique story, and the work that you do is really, really cool, something we haven't gotten into on this show before. So before we dive into that, I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about your background.
1: Absolutely. Well, my name is Joshua Miller, and I'm a musician, a composer, filmmaker, and total ocean enthusiast. So I grew up in New York and was very disconnected from the natural environment. I was uh, mostly a city guy. And in about my mid 20s, I started to go on very long camping trips where I would pretty much be out in the middle of nowhere for days or even weeks at a time. And the contrast from my life as a city guy was so profound and so inspiring that I started to really see the, the magic and the potential and the real importance of the natural world and realizing how disconnected I was from it. And like many people who've created projects or companies or um, just create, you know, as an artist on a regular basis, I started to realize that I'm probably not the only person who feels that way and could use some more connection back to nature in his life. So I started to um, explore how music, because I'm a musician, could be played with nature and have an integration between the two that would build more of that connection, which has been so exciting because it's allowed me to meet a lot of wonderful people, travel to a lot of beautiful places, and create very authentic experiences that I'm told really help people feel like they're in a different environment and receive a number of benefits from that, which has been so rewarding. So it's been a really, a really wonderful journey up until this point. And probably like you, I'm I'm excited to keep going.
0: That's amazing. And I can completely relate when it comes to that disconnection. I think probably the majority of listeners can. I know that even when we got into the pandemic and we were spending so much more time on our computers than before. I found that I had a physical response to sitting on the computer and having, you know, all of that light on me at certain times and being inside. And I found that the only thing that really made me feel better because my skin would even break out from sitting by a computer to that extent was getting outside, taking a walk, grounding in nature, even just seeing the ducks in my neighborhood, just getting outside and actually experiencing the natural sunlight and all of that. It really was so restorative and I love the idea of combining that with music. One of my favorite classical, um, I guess, albums, I would say, was, um, was Carnival of the Animals. I love the Carnival of the Animals and kind of feeling like you're immersed in nature in that sense. And so I love that you take this to just another level with these immersive experiences that you do. And I'd love to know more about... First of all, how your work as a composer and musician, how you got into sound healing and how that lent itself to these immersive experiences that you've been creating.
1: I'm so happy uh, we get to talk about this and that you have a fond appreciation for classical music, such a rich art form there. WC being one of my favorite composers and someone who's really inspired me as an artist And I would say that, yeah, you know, my approach, my kind of, I'd say, creative process is very organic, very improvisational, and very much uh, a felt experience. I didn't have that much formal training in Western music, and decided to pursue studies from Eastern traditions, mainly in India, Indonesia, a little bit of Pakistan, Japan, and Central Asia, Middle Eastern lineages as well. And decided to integrate that into my experience coming from the West and growing up in a very secular society. And this combination has been so rich because it's allowed me to see the similarities and I think highlight the differences in ways that help people feel relaxed and less stressed in their day-to-day lives. That's, that's been mostly my goal and, and my intention. And I have to thank a, a few dear teachers for helping me understand that, namely one in particular, who was really my first music teacher with sound as a therapeutic experience. And his name is Bruno and lives in Portugal. And I, I kid you not, I was on a surfing trip in Portugal and went, went to one concert that completely changed my, my life, I must say. And I was so inspired by the music that my dear friend Bruno was uh, creating that night that in that moment, I really understood this is something that I feel very called to do. And I had already been collecting instruments for many years, very, very, very strange uh, instruments like gongs and all kinds of random percussion instruments that you can think of. And when I was a child, I mostly used them, you know, to annoy my sister, like any (laughs) brother would do. But after experiencing that concert, I realized that all of these instruments that I had could be put to a much better use. (laughs) 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 And They can. And that was really what started me off on the field of of music therapy. And it's so personal for me, which I love, because at that same time, uh, I was able to really help people who were very close to me as a sound healer and a, a musical artist to feel more joy, more love, more connection, more happiness in their life. And I had many, many, many wonderful sessions with my grandmother, actually, who was sick at the time with dementia. And I went over to her house on a pretty regular basis and just started to play basic stuff with her. And it lit up a part of her mind and her soul that was so hard to access in those uh, final few years of her life and really became like my own musical therapeutic training is working in that context which was, as you can imagine, so so rewarding for me and, and deeply touching on, on many levels and really inspired me around the potential of what sound can do for a person who is struggling. And from there, I, I pursued a little bit more training and started hosting workshops in California, which is where I was living at the time, to help people relax and let go of anything that was kind of standing in their way of, of enjoying life to the fullest. And let's see, that was about six years ago. So since then, it's been really my, my full-time passion.
0: That's so beautiful. First of all, how it gave you this experience with your grandmother and the way that music really does just bring us the sense of connection that I don't think a lot of other media can really do. I I know when I listen to a lot of music, I, I it makes me feel, you feel so I many, just a depth of emotion, even sometimes when it's a sadder song, I think it, just brings me that comfort to feel like I'm feeling almost like the full spectrum of the human experience. And with the type of music that you perform, the type of music that you use for this healing, I think when I've done any kind of sound healing through, through headphones, I feel like you feel so immersed and you feel like you're entering this other world. And there really is that type of connection. And why do you think that is? Why does music and this type of healing provide that kind of therapeutic benefit to it?
1: Well, I think there's many reasons for that. And we're still understanding the full power of sound as a, a therapeutic tool, a scientific uh, way of seeing the world and understanding how vibration can be very helpful for us holistically on many levels. And I mostly focus on the impacts on our uh, mental and emotional state, though there are other sound healers and scientists, sound therapists who focus on the physical benefits of frequency and vibration as well. And I once went to a session from another one of my teachers, uh, his name is Dr. John Boulot, who works specifically with tuning forks. And I was so inspired by what you can do by placing different size and and note tuning forks at different parts of your of your body on the joints, in particular, mostly in the wrists and the arms and and your head, as well as you know other uh, other places as well. And it's very powerful what those frequencies can do for all kinds of conditions. You know things that would really surprise you and. The science research on this is so undeveloped and so hard to do that I think there's a huge movement in the medical community to start to really see sound as a more um, valid and welcomed part of our, our overall health and well-being. And in combined with my work in the conservation space, I've also been inspired to see that sound is being used not only for our wellness, but also for the health of our planet as well. For example, I was just in Monaco for the Monaco Ocean Week and listened to a few presentations talking about how sound is actually being used underwater to help with um, coral regeneration. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. We've done a very good job of polluting the ocean. And now scientists are finding that if we play certain sounds in certain areas, it actually motivates fish to come back. And repopulate those same locations that we once destroyed. I find this fascinating.
0: Yeah, well, I even think about with plants when they say like talking and singing to plants, even just in your home, how that can promote their growth. And I, I have to believe there's some link
1: there. Absolutely, absolutely. And there, uh, the, like I say, the field is so unresearched that there are a lot of people who make quite a lot of claims, which can do some harm, I think, mm-hmm. to the industry overall. But I. I have felt it myself. I don't want to get too personal, but I'm sure we anyone who's traveled, especially to places like India, know that sometimes you have some stomach aches and some problems mm-hmm. di- with digestion. And that was certainly a, an experience for me on my <laughs> first, tri- first trip there. And a friend of mine took a giant singing bowl, put it on my back and struck it as hard as she could. And everything cleared out. And I felt great a few hours later. It was really, wow. really incredible and a, a very much felt experience <laughs> that helped me realize how powerful the sound can be without taking any medication or, you know, substances that your body might not respond well to. So I always like to say to people who are interested in in working with mm. sound that it's a a substance-free way to unlock your holistic health and, and well being.
0: I think so too. And I really I, I haven't experienced, I guess, the physical benefits of it in that sense. I hadn't I, I never had heard of something like that to to help with <laughs> digestive, but certainly I think now everybody should bring a singing bowl when they when they travel. But <laughs>
1: it's it's helpful. Or have a friend. Yeah
0: yeah of course because <laughs> but I do know that when when I have um you know when I have done some sound healing even just the you know what I picture in my mind it almost is like you're on a substance almost I think that it was just the colors are brighter and I think that it it really unlocks a different part of the brain that that you're not using I'd say throughout the your day-to day
1: absolutely yeah I, I've I've definitely found that developing a practice of listening and regularly playing music and also listening to music just really allows my mind to slow down, to relax, and me as a person to spend less time in my head and and more time in in the body, which I think is what many people who are struggling with mental illness are missing. And I was definitely in that category for for a long time with anxiety and really feeling like I just had to be thinking all the time and music really helps to to help me relax and and stop always doing that it's so so powerful and so simple and i think very similar to what a person can achieve with other modalities whether it's a substance or another type of practice you know in your life that just really works for you and it's a total benefit so i would highly recommend more people to connect with their acoustical environment in a deeper way and build in you know on a daily basis a practice of sound as a meditative or mindful tool to relax understand yourself better enjoy life and Listen to some nice music.
0: It's something that's accessible to many of us. It's something that you don't really have to go far to find some kind of sound and find some kind of, heal. I mean, even just walking outside and hearing the birds is really beautiful. And I think the sounds of nature really play into a lot of the work that you do. And I want to ask more about that as well. But one question I do have, you know, as you're talking about having that daily practice using sound as a mindfulness tool, what are some ways that we can do that just in our day to day?
1: That's a great question. I would say two things and this is for people who are not musicians, so this applies to anyone, I would say start to pay attention more to the sounds you like in your environment and the sounds you don't like, and notice which ones trigger certain emotions, and just start to build a healthy surrounding of sounds that you like on more of a regular basis, and those can be musical, those can be white noise, those can be recordings of nature. There are so many available online. And sometimes I'll just come home and and put on an hour of birds chirping. And it's so pleasant to listen to and feel like you're right there with them, but you might be just in your apartment or in your house. Mm -hmm. And notice how that makes you feel. You know, to do that, and if it has any improvement on your on your mood, on your stress levels, what emotion is is more available maybe than before, and have some fun with it, you know, and don't be shy. So I would say that, that's that would be like the first level, and then if you want to take it even deeper than that, really getting comfortable with silence, mm-hmm. and enjoying the quiet moments where there are no sounds, if you are in an environment where that's possible, is amazing. And this really can take the practice to a whole new level and really started to help me be able to to hear everything on a deeper level and feel myself on a deeper level. And that can be very hard to do. It's not easy to be able to be in silence. I definitely struggle with that. There are Many people uh, who too inspired me who are more comfortable with that, including my my partner. She's much more comfortable in silence than me, but it's amazing practice. And it's something that will be with you for life uh, and certainly be able to take anywhere.
0: Yeah. That's something I know. I struggle with the silence. I think, I think as a society in general, we always have, there is so much just noise and it's very hard sometimes to just get quiet with ourselves and to, yeah, have, have that silence and not have, I think the distractions in place. Cause I think that's something that we really turn to as a crutch. And I know that's something that I'm trying to be better about. But definitely, I think this conversation I needed to have, because it's, it's a struggle. I love the beautiful sounds. But yeah, once it gets quiet, I'm like, Oh, my goodness, is somebody in the apartment almost. But it, it is, I think, a difficult thing. But it does give you more of that appreciation for for the beautiful sounds. And for all of that, when when you do get quiet.
1: Yes, it, it really does. And starting to cultivate that intention around wanting to head in that direction. And, see it as a process you know it's it's not going to be easy at the beginning and there's a lot of music that's available that would help make that transition and for anyone interested in mindfulness in meditation I, I would definitely suggest starting with a sound meditation practice or a, a sound based mindfulness practice because it really helps kind of take the edge off and mm-hmm. ease you in to something that's That's very difficult. And choosing, you know, very simple tracks, very spacious tracks, not ones that are very fully produced with, you know, many layers of instruments, but maybe one or two maximum. I really love listening to ambient uh, flute as one example. And of course, playing clarinet, that's a favorite of mine as well, the handpan, also a favorite instrument of mine is really helpful for for sound meditations and can help you guide into yourself, which is such a big part of the music that I'm composing these days. So there are there are ways to feel supported in that uh, in that journey. And it's going to be difficult at the beginning. But like anything, the more you do it, the easier it gets.
0: Absolutely. Well, I think that's a great way to really, you know, ease your way into it and still get some of those benefits and I think that's definitely something I want to start working towards. So, I'm very excited to try that. Now, with you, you really you you have that inspiration from your work in conservation and your love for the environment. And I really do believe that nature has such a restorative, such a healing effect on all of us. And I'd love to know more about your Sounds of the Ocean experience and just how how this ties into conservation and a little bit more about your work in that.
1: Oh, fantastic. Well, Sounds of the Ocean is really a special project that was created to help people feel less stressed and more aware of what's going on in the ocean from a place of nourishment and inspiration to want to be part of the solution rather than only contribute to the problems. And I feel that we all probably know what we could be doing to reduce our impact on the planet. But for some reason, there's something that stands in our way from actually taking a small step to realize that knowledge. Maybe it's reducing how much plastic we use when we go shopping. Maybe it's sharing a a ride instead of driving our own vehicle. Small changes like that can have a big effect. And if you want to go even further, there are definitely ways to do so. And I really see this project as a social experiment to determine how we can inspire behavior change from within people by giving them a nourishing experience that will hopefully inspire that naturally. I'm really curious to see the effects of that in a, in a couple of years from now as this project grows up and is shared in, in more places around the world because we've been uh, mostly a live performance for the last few years and combine audio recordings of whales, dolphins, and ocean sound with live music that helps people drop into their, to themselves and, and the ocean. And in the last year, we've produced a, fi- a film component that complements the musical journey just beautifully and guides you really on a sonic scuba dive that will you know, bring up a lot of emotions and, and take you on a full journey. So we're very, very excited about this. It has been produced for planetariums and other full-dome theaters that make you feel like you're swimming right underneath and with these creatures. And I'm so excited to put that out there into the world over the next couple of, of months. We um, have been working very hard on it for the last couple of years, about four years to be exact. And are in the film festival circuit right now, already playing at a few last year and finishing up our tour this spring. And then we'll have it available for, for folks in, in different communities, but mostly in North America and, and Europe to get started. I'm really inspired by all the artists and conservationists that I've met along the way of producing this film, because there are a lot of people out there who really do care about what's going on in the sea and want to do something about it. We always partner with local NGOs everywhere we perform and connect people with organizations that are hosting beach cleanups and recycling projects and fundraising efforts to give back on the local level and mobilize more people to become part of the global climate change conversation. And I really believe that this is where a lot of efforts will be felt uh, for future generations. But in addition to that, we are also trying to influence policymakers and government officials and people in positions of power who are also very important to reach and are starting to build our outreach uh, in those communities to allow our project to make a larger impact and really bring the full power of immersive experiences in the arts to support uh, such important topics in the world. So yeah, that was kind of a mouthful, but um, <laughs> that's a little bit about the impact work we're doing with Sounds of the Ocean. As you can tell, I'm quite passionate about it. So yeah, thank you for asking.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's so inspiring. I think first of all, in order for us to work toward any change, we have to believe that we can and we have to be in that mindset to make the changes and to make the decisions. But I think even more importantly, too, is that working with, well, A, working with these NGOs and getting the word out about the work that they're doing and partnering people with these opportunities and these experiences, but then also working with the policymakers because there is so much that. We, as individuals, can change, but if the policies don't change, if the businesses can't make changes and do do the things that are, you know, on the very large scale, going to make that impact the billions of dollars that are spent on certain types of things and certain practices. I mean, I think that that's so great that you're. Approaching it from all of those different places and really bringing people in at multiple levels.
1: Thank you, thank you for for seeing that potential, and I think it's the the best way to do it. And we definitely need our partners to help us realize our goals. We um, learned that I think a few years ago, and on the human side too, we are very active in the mental health community to bring in partners that will hopefully be able to help us realize that very important part of the project even more than we have already and are planning to conduct some research experiments to really document how people are feeling during the show using science-based data, uh, mainly through EEG technology. And I'm so excited to do this because we get told all the time how relaxed people feel and how much they love the music or the film or just their overall experience in general connecting with the ocean. But I also really like to have some some concrete data to understand what's going on. So we're planning to do a, a set of tests with the university here in Europe that will allow us to understand that on a deeper level and prove the connection that we have between our own mental health and the sound of, uh, of life in the in the ocean.
0: I think that's amazing. And it'll be really great to put some numbers behind it because you know that the work is making an impact and now you'll get to see to what scale and how, and how you can continue to grow that. So how cool is that? And just, I would love to know as well, because you have this connection with nature. You took these camping trips in your twenties and really developed this love for the environment, for conservation, what inspired specifically the ocean? And do you have experiences with the ocean that have been meaningful to you that you'd want to share?
1: Oh, that's a great question. And I think would probably need its own podcast interview <laughs> to, go, to go into completely. But I, yeah. I will s- say that I, I grew up a scuba diver and came from a, a family of, of real ocean enthusiasts. And it was quite unexpected for me to fall into doing this work. In this decade of my life, being in my 30s, I, I did not plan on that at all. but somehow things have a tendency, I think, in life to bring you back to that first decade of, uh, of who you were, you know as a kid, mm-hmm. when you really find something that you love doing. and listening to the recordings from the from the ocean immediately reminded me of just how happy I used to be as a, as a child when I was in the ocean. And as I grew up, I saw a lot of the same sites get very much polluted and unavailable for people as they once were to me and felt called to, to do something about that.
0: Well, I think that's incredible, especially because you are then able to hopefully give people the experiences that you once had that might not have otherwise been available to them. So it's really inspiring. And there, there is just so much with the ocean that we just don't know And it's so much of our Earth. I mean, we want to take care of it.
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you for seeing that. And it covers over 70% of our planet and more than 80% of life lives in the ocean. All of our life on Earth starting in the ocean, of course. So I, I would agree. And yes, find continued inspiration from from like-minded souls who I've met around the world. And being a very global citizen, I've not really understood why we need to have so many boundaries in this society and so many restrictions, you know. Mm I think it's helpful in many ways to have laws and to have rules that people follow. But uh, sometimes I think it it goes a bit too far and and has created a lot of violence and war over the centuries. And the ocean really is a uniting force that is non-threatening to one in particular ethnicity or religious group or part of the world. And is such a global resource that it really is up to all of us to do our part to protect it. And I find that to be a very worthwhile cause to support in addition to obviously many others. And as uh, one of my greatest inspirations in the ocean fight reminds us, Dr. Sylvia Earle, no blue, no green. And I really love that comment and, and how simple it is because it is so connected to the health of our environments on land and in forests to have an, a healthy ocean. It is the least funded of all of the Sustainable Development Goals, SDG 14. And I feel like bringing more awareness to this particular issue will help a lot of the other goals also be realized. So it's, it's certainly all very connected.
0: Absolutely. And I think it really is an act of love and that mindfulness too, when it comes down to it, protecting our environment that by not doing that, it may not impact our generation, but it will impact the generations to follow. And so you're making this conscious effort to do something that is going to hopefully positively impact those future generations and leave it an important legacy behind. So I think I think that's so important.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really I feel like we're just getting started with it. So it's it's exciting to meet more people like yourself who who agree.
0: Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what you do with with embodied sounds and with the sounds of the ocean and with more of the work that you're doing. Um, I do have some rapid fire questions for you, and then I'd love to ask a little bit more about how people can get involved. So are you ready for a few rapid fires? Sure. Wonderful. Well, my first one for you, what is your favorite self-care practice right now?
1: My favorite self-care practice would be playing music for at least 30 minutes a day.
0: Mm. I think that probably unlocks a really, like it, it just unlocks the brain in a different way. You're getting to utilize your creativity, but it's also just so therapeutic. So that has to be amazing.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Now, if you had a one word theme for this year, what would that be?
1: Mm patience.
0: And why is that?
1: Because I feel like given the economic climate, many companies and many people are going at a bit slower pace this year than we were last year. Mm-hmm. It feels like a much more inward time, more of a maybe development time period to plan for next year. And I think it's important to acknowledge the difference that we're experiencing, given everything that's, that's happening in the world right now.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great word. I think that's something that many of us need to embody more of and I think (laughs) myself included. And I think that's really important to, to be able to have that patience, to slow down, to take that step, to reflect and to plan and to, and to do all of that. So great word. I don't think we've gotten that one yet. Oh, good. Yeah. And my final rapid fire for you right now, what are you most looking forward to? Mm.
1: That's a that's a good question. I happen to be getting married this year. I'm looking forward to that.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. That's very exciting.
1: So that's a big one. I would yeah. I would say that one's probably what I'm most looking forward to.
0: That's awesome. Well, congratulations. Very, very exciting. Just stepping into that new um that new stage of life and very happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. So Joshua, this has been lovely. I've really enjoyed our conversation. The time has flown by. Before I let you go, can you tell our listeners how they can get more involved and support the work that you do?
1: Yes, absolutely. The best place to connect would be on our website, which is soundsoftheocean.com. We also have Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter accounts with the same name. And send us an email through those sites, a message. We do respond to them and let us know what you're interested in and what it is that you would like to see either from us or in general that's not been done yet. And we will we will try our best to do it. So that's the best way. And once again, that's soundsoftheocean.com. And I really look forward to hear from you
0: wonderful. I'll make sure to link all of that in the show notes so that listeners can find you and connect and get to see more of your work and to get to experience that. But I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing your story with us and for sharing this wisdom with us. This is a conversation that we really have not had on the show before. And I'm so grateful to get to hear more of what you do and for what you're doing to to conserve our oceans and, and our environment as a whole.
1: Thank you, Valerie. It's a pleasure to be here. And I look forward to connect with you more and continue to support this amazing blog and podcast.
0: Thank you for tuning into our conversation this week with Joshua Sam Miller. Ocean conservation is often underfunded and not talked about enough, and I loved learning about how Joshua's immersive experiences tie back to these conservation efforts. His work is truly making a difference, and I can't wait to see what's next for him. I've linked Joshua's information in the show notes so that you can connect with him to learn more. Please, please, please check out the work that he's doing. If you enjoyed this conversation, it would mean the world to me if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews let us know how we can better serve listeners like you, and they help us reach even more people and make a greater impact. I so appreciate each and every one of you for being a part of this community, and I look forward to seeing you next time.